Hello and welcome. My name is Brent Weaver and this is the Digital Agency Show. The podcast that goes behind the scenes with today's top agencies and entrepreneurs. I am really glad you're here. And once again, it's time to transform your business mindset. Hey, what's up, digital agency owners, podcast listeners. Before I introduce today's guest, I want to ask you a quick question. Are you currently stressed out, cash crunched, or fed up with your business? If you feel this way, you might think that you have a lead generation problem, or maybe it's the area you live in, or maybe this market has become too competitive. Maybe you think that your business can't be turned around, but I want you to think again. In my many years of experience, I can tell you now that it's probably something much deeper that you're not likely even aware of yet. It's like a client that comes to you saying that they need a website or Facebook ads or maybe a mobile app developed, but they don't even realize the deeper challenge or opportunity that's blocking them from success. Now, if you'd like to find out what your deeper challenge is, then I want to invite you to apply for a YouGuru's Agency Freedom Session, where we'll dig into those underlying issues and get you moving like never before. The aha moments will shift the way you think forever, and you'll finally get the answers as to why your business hasn't taken off. The number one most important decision to rapidly grow your business starts by booking your agency freedom session today. Go to yougurus.com slash apply to start your application process for this free call. Once again, go to yougurus.com slash apply to get started. All right, let's introduce today's guest. Hey, what's up, digital agency owners, podcast listeners. Welcome to another episode of the Digital Agency Show. I'm your host, Brent Weaver, and today we're hanging out with Keith Scandone. He's the founder and CEO of O3 World, a digital product agency. He's also the co-founder and co-organizer of the Forge Conference, a UX and product design event, and the 1682 Conference, a business innovation event. He's also on the Philadelphia Global Identity Council and has clients like Children's Hospital of Pennsylvania, SunGuard, and La Colombe. Keith, welcome to the program. Thank you, Brent. Thanks for having me. Keith, can you uh, paint us a picture of your agency today, O3 World? Kind of what you guys do, who your ideal clients are, and what's kind of the general makeup of your team? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. So we're we're about 50 people. We're based in Fishtown, Pennsylvania, which is uh, considered by many the kind of hipster capital of the country now. So it's um, a great little area that's really kind of grown and changed and gentrified over the last uh, probably about a decade or so. We have a full-time in-house team. We are uh, really kind of broken down between sort of like uh, account strategy, uh, experience design, uh, and development. And so really, we do a, a combination of either we'll do digital transformation work. We're brought in to obviously look at a, an organization's entire digital ecosystem and provide them recommendations on the really kind of the entire customer journey for every touch point that a customer may have and try to create, improve, obviously, that customer journey and experience through through design and potentially through improvements to their existing technology or potentially moving them to new technology. The digital product side is, is really when um, organizations, uh, enterprise organizations typically are looking to target a new demographic. They have an idea as to kind of what they may want to do or how to do that. They bring us in as really kind of digital consultants as to what's the landscape out there right now for those types of, uh, for that type of audience or products. And then really, what does a roadmap look like? And so we work with them that, uh, work with them on that strategically from kind of a, you know, MVP standpoint as to what, uh, what it may look like and then become sort of their de facto digital product team. So we'll, uh, ongoing, obviously user testing and then obviously improving on existing feature set, uh, adding new feature set, you know, stripping some out, 
Uh, so doing a lot of the design and development work uh, over time. And then really kind of finally, and I think this is just kind of uh, consistent with our organization, we really like to work with innovation teams and bring a lot of that innovation or new technology back to our, our clients as well, just to kind of continue to look for what's out there, what's coming down the, coming down the pike. Um, so that's a little, little bit of a, um, you know, maybe a background as the company and the type of uh, you know, clients or engagements that we have. Why did you decide to start this agency? You know, it's it's funny. I would say, Brent, just because... So it was 15 years ago. We're actually celebrating our 15-year anniversary in a, in a month. So, you know, I think at that point, it was really... I didn't know that there was too many options for myself or really kind of our business partners at the time. So they had a background. They both had... One was a developer, a developer, a programmer, and had his own one, you know, kind of person company. My other business partner was really did a lot of uh, brand identity work and web design work. And again, was a one person company and they worked a lot together. So one would do obviously the kind of the, the front end design work and the other one had his own content management system and handled hosting. So they worked really, really great together. And I, I met them and realized, listen, I kind of bring this other side. I bring this kind of marketing and sales background and kind of, you know, account side. Why don't we just kind of merge our, our talents and really be sort of just marketing design and technology company. So, and that's sort of where the O3 comes from. I mean, it stands for ozone, but it's really three parts oxygen, but it was really three departments and kind of the three owners at the time. So yeah, we really, we started it very organically, uh, really, Brent. I mean, didn't, um, didn't really have any existing clients, didn't get any funding. We just kind of bootstrapped it and, and, and one thing led to another. And fortunately, uh, we were able to kind of grow the, the company kind of slowly um, over time. So Keith, you started with three partners. Are those three partners still active in the business? So there's down to there's down to two partners. So it's myself and I. So I'm the acting CEO, and then my other business partner, Mike Gatsby. He's our chief innovation officer. So we parted ways, mutually parted ways with um, the technology partner. Uh, at this point, probably about uh, maybe nine or ten years ago or so. Again, just where he kind of wanted to go in life and what he wanted to do, he actually ended up going to law school. And that's really kind of what was interesting to him. Um, and then kind of where we wanted to go as a company just didn't really kind of sync up or line up anymore. And honestly, I mean, it came at a, a you know, really important inflection point for all of us. It was around the 2008 and 2009 years, which um, you know I'm sure you recall and just about everybody recalls was, was not the strongest of economic time for businesses. So we were really, really struggling. I mean, to the point of we were about to uh, go out of business. So we had a really hard time figuring out where our next dollar was going to come from. So we all individually had to kind of look ourselves in the mirror and be like, do we want to do this? And then do we want to do it together? And do we want to keep going forward? So two of us said yes. And one of them, uh, one of us said, said no. So now it's just the, the two of us. And yes, we're, we're both very actively involved um, in the business uh, day in and day out. Congrats on the 15 years in business. That being Thank said, you. I don't hear a lot of agencies, even with 15 years, that make it to the 50-person mark. Right. What about how you've approached your business has allowed you to scale your agency to that level? Yeah, I think the biggest thing, and it's true. For so for you know many years, uh, we were at the kind of the. 10 to 15 person mark, which is where I think a lot of agencies kind of cap out at, or they have a hard time getting beyond that. And I think it's just because you can sort of still wrap your hands around a 15 person company or so. You're still kind of involved in really kind of all the decisions to some degree. So we were there for a while. Then we were able to kind of get to the 25 to 30 person mark. And we were there for a kind of a number of years. And I think that was a pretty comfortable number. And then really only over the last like year and a half or so, Brett, we really kind of grew from about 32 people up to, you know, really about 50. 
So I don't think there was like really one magic bullet. I will say that a big thing for us has been to sort of sell back into our clients to work really, really hard on our client relationships and try to show value consistently. So we might get in with a client working on one project, but really the idea is to continue to work with the organization to see what else can we help with. So it might be involved in different departments or different projects so that again, we're continually showcase kind of strategic value over time. So, you know, a lot of our still to this day of our, of our business comes from existing clients. I'd say 70% or so, or, or some years more come from existing client relationships that we just, we either just renew or we're getting more and more work from. So I'd say that's the biggest thing. Just put a lot of attention into kind of our account uh, services team to kind of continue to work with our existing uh, client base. Can you give me some examples of things that you do that does this, that, that you know, quote unquote, giving attention? Uh, does that just mean having more conversations with them, showing up at their place of business? Does that, I mean, what are you guys specifically doing that's helping to, you know, both increase retention and also clients coming back and, you know, buying more from you? Sure. So I think there's a couple of things. I think one, you have to have the right client base. You know, I mean, some clients, if they're, if they're small or they're just really, their focus budget wise is to, to kind of cap out at a very certain amount around a certain project. I think that might be a little more challenging, but we really looked at clients that have the means to spend more in a longer term, um, you know, kind of standpoint. So I think that's a big thing. Also, the type of client that is going to be a little open minded and progressive. We really look at clients that are pretty hungry, that they know that they're not maybe number one in their category, but they might, you know, only be number two, but they're really working to try things differently and kind of push ahead and not be stagnant. So I think that's a really big deal. A client um, and a decision maker has that mindset. We, I'm sure like a lot of other companies, we do discovery when we start with a project because the project is very sort of vague and kind of nebulous. They have an idea, like it might be like, hey, we want to build this product or even we want to build this, you know, we want to redo this very large scale website. Well, these websites are not like, you know, content based, you know, brochure or websites. They're very, very dynamic. They're really kind of tools in and of themselves. So when we, um, and products in and of themselves. So when we do that uh, discovery, Brent, it's not really just looking at what you think you need help at. We look really beyond that and see like, what is their digital footprint look like overall? So we're providing recommendations. So here's phase one within a certain budget that you might be comfortable with that we've already shared with them or they've shared with us, I'm sorry, during discovery. And then it's also, here's some phase two and phase three things. So we have them thinking right out of the gate during that discovery about not only what they can do to get to market, with this product or even with like a newly, you know, revamped website or whatever it might be. But then also beyond that, what else is next? And so that's kind of, we set that expectation and we start that relationship and that level of thinking right up front. So it just kind of naturally flows into a kind of tight knit relationship after that and really try to be very, you know, consultative over time. Even if it's, they're looking for something that we don't do. We try to be the leaders for them to help find them maybe in a search engine optimization partner or something else, again, that you know not, not, might not be a qualification or, or, or service offering. You had mentioned, are we on site? We try to be as often as possible. Uh, there's some clients that we meet with uh, on site every single week for you know, a day or a couple uh, you know, days a week. But definitely the in-person connection is, is really, really critical for us. I really like that idea of selling a vision beyond the first project and mm-hmm. setting that expectation from day one that a lot of yeah. times... You know, if, if your clients aren't coming back and in, in purchasing more from you or they don't see you as more than that first project, that you can set that expectation from that very initial mm-hmm. discovery, which is pretty cool. 
And sometimes, honestly, like we worked with this company, it was, it was a startup, it was a well-funded startup called Get a Car. And, you know, for them, I mean, we worked with them for a course of maybe eight months or so, and it was great for both sides. It just made sense over time that they were doing well and they needed to bring that team in-house and they did transition that work. They were able to do it for less cost. Some of it was, you know, either out of the country or just from some of the team members they had. So it made perfect sense to do that transition and it didn't end in a bad way at all. It just naturally kind of transitioned on. So in many ways, we want to help clients with that also, that sometimes we just really need to help guide you to the next phase in your business. And sometimes it's going to, we're going to be part of that on an ongoing basis. Sometimes we're not. We have to be okay with that. So as long as you really have the customer's, I guess, needs or goals uh, or desires at the forefront, if you're doing it in a you know kind of meaningful and purposeful and mutually beneficial way, I think they really, really appreciate that. I imagine Keith going from three guys starting this business to a 50 person company that you're now CEO, that you've personally made some changes or transitions to the things that you're doing. Can you maybe give us a couple examples of things that you had to stop doing and a couple examples of things that you had to start doing as you leveled up to a CEO that's running a 50 person agency? Yeah, I think stop doing is, um, you know, certainly getting in that. Well, so uh, let me kind of take a step back on that. So about, so my wife and I have been married 11 years. So about, about 10 years ago or so, she had an opportunity to, she, um, uh, her sales story was in Philadelphia and she had an opportunity to move down to DC. Um, and she had lived there before and liked the city and thought it was a good kind of change of pace for Philadelphia. So really the, the goal was that I was going to go back and forth for a year and then kind of open up a secondary office down in DC. And it just never materialized. It was just really, really hard unless you were there all the time to be able to, you know, kind of start a, a connections and a, and a business, you know, in a new city like that. So, so immediately though, once I had to go down there and I was at least down there, I would typically go down around Thursday afternoons to come back up to Philadelphia Tuesday mornings. I had to start offloading things. I mean, it just wasn't possible for me to be as heavily involved in like kind of the business accounts and such. And while I was working down there, still, I was at least detached physically from the business. So I had to start passing some, some things off. So it kind of taught me a very, very long time ago that, you know, I just, not just because of that, I mean, really out of necessity, I had to start delegating those things. So that was a good exercise for me. And I've kind of continued to do that over the years. There's some things that also, not most people, everybody here is better at me than the work they do than I am now. I mean, they've just gotten more and more refined in their offerings uh, and their skill sets, I guess, basically. They're more familiar with new technology than I am. So it's also just understanding your strengths and weaknesses and the other people's as well. So um, it really became that is, is a big piece of it. In terms of myself, you know, I had to do what's best for the company. I think that a CEO's job is obviously create the vision for the organization. And I think that beyond that is really kind of making sure that you're getting out there and continue to um, build the business as best you can. And so I'm out there quite a bit, Brent. I mean, when I'm up here, and now I'm up here Monday through Thursday, I mean, I'm out almost every single night and it's with an existing client, you know, lead or executive. It might be colleague in our industry or another um, that I can kind of learn from or we can kind of share war stories or it's a potential new business opportunity in some regard. So, and just looking for opportunities to how we can continue to grow the company while they continue to grow the company in a sort of more organic way, I have to look in a more sort of dynamic way, what's kind of the next phase for, for O3. So, and you just really have to, I think a lot of people, you know, they get very comfortable in their, their day-to-day and being around people and everything else. I think sometimes you got to just mentally make that shift as a CEO. Like, look, I've got to be kind of away from my desk more often to do what's best for the organization. 
Hey, what's up, agency owners? As someone that's built hundreds of websites for clients over the last 20 years, I know how important it is to have a content management system that helps me launch sites fast. If you're looking for a new CMS that can launch sites in half the time as a typical WordPress build, I'd like to introduce you to a new platform called Zephyr, a content management system built for power users and agencies. Build websites faster, make clients happier. Find out more information at ZephyrCMS.com and get one free site for life and a free theme setup valued at $500. That's ZephyrCMS.com. Now let's get back to our interview. You mentioned, uh, you said I'm out every night. Yeah. Can you, you mentioned this is like meeting with people, dinners, things like that. I mean, is that business development or is that uh, like conferences, growth and learning stuff? Maybe give us some more examples of that. Sure. I think it's really all the above. I mean, so, you know, last night it was really just some kind of employee sort of engagement stuff. There's the, the auto show in Philadelphia and a couple of employees be like, hey, how about we, we go out and enjoy the auto show together. I mean, so that was really just spending some time um, with some employees outside of the office doing something a little bit more fun. Then we went out afterwards just to you know get a drink and met up with a couple of friends of mine that also we've done business with in the past. So then it's kind of cross-pollination of kind of my friends who we've done business with, introducing them to my employees and vice versa, essentially, and kind of intersecting the, the personal side and, the, and kind of the business side and just to be able to step back and enjoy that and appreciate that the, uh, we're connecting all these people was great. So that wasn't really a business um, kind of networking thing. It's just really kind of getting out in some regard and engaging with sort of uh, outside of the office. Um, that's one example. Certainly do a lot of cultural things with the team. And then just separately, I'll go out with a lot of business owners, either that we have worked with in the past or that I'm interested in working with, that I just want to pick their brain. And that's literally how I set it up, Brent. Just like, look, I, you know, I really would love to... You know, talk to you about how you've grown your company, you know, from 50 people to 100 people, something along those lines, and just get some insights from them. And I really meet with a lot of people like that. And I try to say, all right, what, what do I believe has worked for them that also will work for me based on my belief system, my core values, my strengths, essentially. And I try to kind of put it into my repertoire as a CEO. And sometimes it gives me more confidence. Like, oh, I think I'm doing a pretty good job because, you know, being a CEO could be pretty lonely. Or, you know what, I need to work on things and I need to like improve things a little bit or improve kind of what we're doing, you know, as an organization. So there's things like that. There's obviously little, you know, events that maybe our clients are putting on or other people in the industry that I want to participate in and, and kind of network at and just kind of be visible at or see what's going on in the city. Um, so it's really a, a variety of different ways just to kind of get out there, see what's going on um, out in the city and uh, and just try to engage with people and learn from them and and, and share a little bit more about what we have going on in, in the process. Earlier, you talked about how a lot of your business and growth has come from a really strong book of business and repeat business. That being said, uh, what kind of things are you doing to uh, earn new customers? Uh, I mean, are you guys doing any kind of marketing strategies or is, it, or is this like business networking that you're doing as, as CEO? Is that really generating most of your, your business? I think it's a combination of a lot of things. I think that being around for 15 years and we've had, you know, fortunately, uh, you know, a very positive reputation in the industry and in the city. So I think that over 15 years, you touch a lot of people. You touch a lot of people's lives, either that they've been employees at 03 and they've you know moved on gracefully in a positive manner and then they move to a company that they, they consider us uh, for potential work. Or if we've worked with clients in the past, they, the individuals from those organizations may move on. Or you know, just yesterday, we got a call from a client that we worked with maybe 12 years ago and then we worked with again maybe two years ago. And now, you know, they're coming back to us for another kind of product idea. So really staying in touch with them and when the time is right, uh, that's a big piece. I think that sure, I think that 
the organic side of me being out there in the space definitely opens up some opportunities. Absolutely. And then uh, marketing. So we do have actually a, a marketing, um, I'm sorry, a PR firm that we work with out of Boston. We work with them for the last like five or six months or so. That's been really, really helpful just to kind of get our name out there and just kind of be positioned as thought leaders in some regard. And we're trying to put on our own events. So you, you know, you had kind of mentioned the Forge Conference and 1682. So what's interesting about those conferences, Brent, is that we didn't speak at any of them. We actually just brought a lot of really, really smart people to those conferences. So not just the attendees, but also obviously the speakers themselves. So we really just kind of want to be uh, like almost like a, you know, a connector or a conduit to a lot of these really, really smart people coming together. So, but behind the scenes, they obviously were associated uh, with it. And so they see that. So we invite our clients to it. They meet people. They look at us as kind of network connectors. And then also we're able to follow up with the themes that they learned from the conference and then kind of talk about it and how we can help them uh, as well. Um, so that's not just existing clients. Obviously, in putting these conferences on, you're getting a lot of attention for them and being known for something else. Because, you know, from an agency standpoint, and everybody that would be listening to this, um, I'm sure can appreciate, it's really, really hard to differentiate yourself. I think all agencies sort of sound the same. And, and I don't care if you're a digital product agency or a traditional agency or a branding firm, whatever. There's just a lot of similarities in kind of how we pitch ourselves. So I think that what we try to really focus on, Brent, is things that are not our day-to-day. Like, of course, our process is similar to a lot of other agencies. And I'm very proud of the work that we do. But I think it's, again, a little more holistically about the conferences that we put on, how we kind of give back to the industry, the labs or innovation work we do as an organization or kind of, you know, with other other organizations as well. Um, the ventures work that we do, which is a sort of an equity arm that we started. That stuff honestly gets us sort of positioned and gets us looked at an enti- through an entirely different lens than typically just someone looking for an agency partner. Who's primarily doing business development or sales in the agencies? Is it still you or do you have somebody that's doing that? It's, you know, it's, this is, uh, this has been a challenge. I'm sure every, <laughs> every agency owner has felt the pain. Uh, we've had salespeople, um, in the past, some more successful than others. Um, it's just really, really difficult because so right now we don't have a specific salesperson per se. We do have a director of client services that's very actively involved in sales and the sales process. No matter how the opportunity comes to us, he's kind of the first line of defense to have those conversations, vet the opportunity, and then kind of handle the kind of RFP process with them. In that case, it works really, really well for a couple of reasons. One, he's been at the organization for nine years, so he really knows what we do. But also, he's the director of client services. So he's also, if we get that client, he's making the transition of them over to our kind of accounts team, which is very natural. When you have a salesperson, sometimes it can be a little awkward because that salesperson is building a relationship and then they're out. So it's a little bit weird to kind of continue to have the continuity, essentially. So um, that's the way it's working right now. The other problem is what we do, just like I'm sure a lot of, you know, technology-driven service businesses, is the work that we do is really, really custom and it's hard to sell. So salespeople that are really good at relationship building might not be as technically driven or oriented. So they might set up a call, but they can't do that call by themselves. So they then have to bring a couple other people into it. So to find somebody that's really kind of a technologist or hard or can speak to what we do, but also is relationship oriented. I mean, that's like a, that's like a unicorn. <laughs> I mean, that's just really, really difficult to find. So we have had salespeople in the past and again, with, with some bit of success, but right now we're going more heavy on the kind of marketing side and then using our internal team to really be the ones that are kind of having those conversations and selling the client when they come in. 
Why do you think it is that, I mean, you kind of mentioned this just now, that the work is, it's hard to know the tech side and the relationship side? I mean, is it just that those people are all out there running their own agency? Because I just, I know so many agencies as they scale past, you know, 10 people or 15 people or 20 people, it just becomes such this like recurring problem. And I think it's really interesting that at 50, you, you know, it's not like you guys are coming to the table and say like, Oh, we've solved this. We've got this, yeah. you know, sales team that follows our three pillar success and blah, blah, blah. Like you're like, ah, this is actually still kind of a problem area. Like, so, I mean, is it, is it just that, uh, you know, your, your solution right now, which is, which I think is really cool focusing on the marketing side and then just kind of, it sounds like for you still being kind of involved in the new, new account acquisition, is it just that other, other people are that, that have those skills are running their own agencies or is it that, um, you know, there's, there's really a difficult space for sales within the agency world? I think it's just difficult for sales in the agency world. <laughs> I mean, I've talked to a lot of other business owners, uh, you know, in this space that are experiencing the same thing. And there's a, the, the salespeople that I really, really respect, they are really great at organic sales. Meaning if somebody's really interested in the organization, then they're great at speaking to them uh, and, and onboarding them. And they're not aggressive in any way. They are very you know, uh, consultative in their kind of approach, but they're not the same people that you can just bring to an event and they will go buzz around and go talk to five or six people or so. They just are not... They're typically a little bit more introvert, introverted people, a little bit more into the trade of the, the services that we provide. And so there's something very genuine and unique about their kind of their interest level and their passion and their knowledge, obviously. But those people just typically don't have the same personality of like being very extroverted and really, really getting out there. So I think it's just really kind of a personality thing more than anything else. So there are ones that do exist, um, certainly, but they're just really, really hard to find. So you know, I really have not, you had said, you know, you've run a 50 person company, have it all figured out. We, we definitely don't. And I think the other thing too, we try to be, now that we're a 50 person company, we've been around for 15 years, we try to be really selective with the opportunities and the clients we work with. So we try not to traditionally respond to too many RFPs. If we do, as I said, we almost respond with just like, here's a proposal to actually do a proposal for you. <laughs> like, it's like, here's a proposal for the discovery because we can't really give you an accurate quote on what you're asking for. So, you know, it's just a little bit different sales process as well, Brent. So I think that just, you know, this is what's working for us now, trying to get out there as much as humanly possible, that people know who we are, and hopefully they come to us that way and they want to have, you know, a, a, a kind of an active conversation with us, a respectful kind of conversation. We're not just a vendor. I will tell you something that actually has worked for us in the past. I think this is really interesting and we don't do it enough actually, but this has been really, really interesting. So what often happens in the agency space is obviously a company is looking to you know, develop a product or you know, has a project, whatever that might be. And they put an RFP to a bunch of um, uh, agencies and the agencies all respond kind of in roughly the same way. And the clients are trying to look at it like an apple to apple scenario. Well, here's five agencies and you know, here's like, uh, Obviously, they're trying to they're trying to look at the comparisons price wise. That they're kind of they're, they're taking the, the highest number, throwing it out. They're taking the lowest number, throwing it out. And they're looking at the three kind of in the middle, more or less, and then trying to differentiate between that three. A really interesting way to approach it, which has worked us for us in the past, is we try to reach out to an organization that we really want to work with. And typically, we have some in there, like one of us at the company knows somebody, maybe not really really well, or you know what I've also done is looked at my LinkedIn network of people that I feel are really, really close to me, see who they're connected with and say, Hey, listen, Brent, you know, I see you're connected with, you know, X person at Y company. How good of a relationship do you have with them? 
would you mind making an introduction for for me? And what I do then is just have a conversation like, look, we really respect your organization. We'd love to work with you. Would you be open to listening us, uh, listening to us provide some uh, kind of recommendations or ideas to kind of help your organization? So if they're open to it, we basically, it's kind of a handshake thing. Like if we, if we do this free work for you and we provide a bunch of recommendations that you're at least willing to open up some budget to work with us in the future. And I'll tell you that has worked in the past. So it's sort of, we're doing some spec work, but we're doing it not amongst five other agencies. We're doing it at a time when they're not directly looking for, you know, in agency. So the expectation, the relationship and the dynamic changes so dramatically because again, they know that you're really doing a little bit extra and really nobody else is at that time. And you're thinking a little bit more broadly. And what we start with, Brad, is not like, tell us a project you need help with. We say, what are your business pain points? We take that and then we go basically kind of brainstorm internally. And then we provide them with essentially a pitch with a bunch of ideas. And then no prices associated. If they like one or two or resonates, then we'll dig in a little bit deeper and then try to create sort of a, you know, um, sort of an engagement model that way. So I really think, and we don't do enough of this, I think that's a really interesting way around kind of how to engage with clients that I think that um, more more agencies should try to you know uh, uh, consider. And I, I like that philosophy. Uh, I mean, first, we, one of our core values here at YouGurus is to help first. And yep. so I like that approach of going in and, and, and identifying somebody and being willing to help them before there's any kind of transaction of any level or, or investment. And also doing spec from a standing out perspective, not a uh, an RFP requirement of everybody right. needs to submit their best ideas and we'll pick the best one that wins, uh, yeah. which I know rubs a lot of agency owners just like when they think of doing free work or spec work, it just like rattles the cage uh, really yes. hard. But you guys are strategically yes. saying, here's a client that we'd love to win. How can we get noticed and uh-huh. use spec or free as a way to get our foot in the door? Uh, instead of you know maybe paying for expensive business development activities, right? Like we could just invest that money into some some client discovery or strategy, and maybe they'll take notice, and then we can we can pursue them as a as a client. So that's really cool. It's also it's also more fun, right? I mean, if somebody is like, all right, you know, really cool brand, let's talk internally, let's brainstorm some stuff, let's do some you know fun work essentially, and let's go meet with the client. There's also just not that pressure where it's like, all right, next agency up, and you're in this weird pitch kind of like mode and it's just sort of uncomfortable and you're kind of just literally throwing against the wall for lack of a better term, honestly, and hoping that something resonates with them. And so it's just a, it's just, it's an uphill battle really. And yeah, we don't really, we don't do spec work for any clients because one, it could totally miss the mark, but also number two, it just, uh, again, I think it just, you're, you're selling, what you're trying to sell is your is, is really your ideas ultimately. So if you're giving those away, it devalues those ideas. So this is just a different way to look at kind of the agency, you know, kind of pitch process, I guess. That's awesome. Well, Keith, it's been really uh, an awesome conversation and getting to know you and your business and the history of uh, 03 over the last 15 years, the ups, the downs, and scaling to 50, I think is a, is a compelling story. And I hope our listeners dig in a little bit further about 03, find out more about your business and all that good stuff. Are you ready for our lightning round? I'm ready. All right. What is the best advice you've ever received? Follow through with absolutely everyone you meet. Which of your personal habits has contributed most to your success? Socializing. Can you share an internet resource, a tool, or app that you use that you think our listeners would find valuable? Uh, I like uh, how I built this podcast. And what book would you recommend and why? 
I'd probably, I'd probably recommend uh, Brene Brown's book. Uh, I think it's called Dare to Lead. I'm pretty positive that's the name of it. Because I really like her perspective overall, that there is this kind of like shared responsibility and vulnerability that we all need to be kind of responsible for in relationships. Very nice. I believe that's, is that Daring Greatly, I think is her, her book? Is that the one? Yeah, She's maybe got Daring a Greatly. Yeah, yeah, okay. exactly. I have, something, I have something in my office at Dare to Lead, which is her actually series, I think, but maybe it's Daring Greatly. Yes. Awesome. Well, we will link out to that as well as how I built this podcast and, and other key takeaways, lessons learned over on our show notes page at yougurus.com forward slash podcast. So if you're on a run or on the road, check out our website and you'll see Keith's episode there with lots of great takeaways, nuggets, and all that good stuff. So check that out. Keith, how can our audience find out more about you? Is there anything that you have that they can check out? Uh, so our website, o3world.com, the letter O, freeworld.com. They obviously can check me out on, on, on LinkedIn, just uh, Keith Scandone, or they can send me an email directly. As I said, I really love connecting with um, other agency owners, uh, whether they're smaller, bigger, same size, whatever, uh, if they're just looking for advice or just chatting. And that's just Keith at O3world.com. Sweet, man. Well, it's very generous to open up your uh, your inbox for our audience. We'll link out to your website, social profiles, and all that good stuff as well on our uh, show notes page. So if you guys didn't have a pen to write that down, just check out yougurus.com, click on podcast, find Keith's episode, and you're going to get all those goodies and much more for this episode and all of our over 130 episodes at the Digital Agency Show. Uh, this has been an awesome session with you today, Keith. We really appreciate you stopping by the program. Thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And that's it for this week's episode of the Digital Agency Show. Stay tuned each and every week for more great content coming to you to help you grow your digital agency so you can achieve freedom in your business and life. Until next time, I'm Brent Weaver. Thanks again for tuning in to the Digital Agency Show. Before we close out today, I want to check on your answer to my questions from the beginning of the episode. Are you stressed out, cash crunched, fed up with your business? Now, if you feel this way, you might think that you have a lead gen problem. Maybe it's the area you live in, or maybe this market has gotten too competitive. Maybe you think that your business can't be turned around. And I want you to think again. In my many years of experience, I can tell you now it's something much deeper that you're likely not even aware of yet. It's like a client who says they need a website, Facebook ads, or mobile app, but they don't even realize it's a deeper challenge that's blocking them from success. Now, if you'd like to find out what your deeper challenge is, I want to invite you to apply for a free agency freedom session where you can dig into those underlying issues in your business and get moving like never before. The aha moments that you're going to have will shift the way you think forever and you'll finally get the answer to why your business hasn't taken off. The number one most important decision to rapidly grow your business starts by booking your agency freedom session today. Go to yougurus.com slash apply to start the application process for this free call. Once again, go to yougurus.com slash apply to get started. Thanks again for tuning in. Join us next week for another episode of the Digital Agency Show.